Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie Hardy. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining the ride and if this isn't your first time listening, thank you for staying consistent with me in this crazy journey we call professional wrestling. So of course I've got your news and gossipish and it's been a lot going on in wrestling this week, but a lot of good things, a lot of crazy things and some sad things, but we're going to talk about it. And then I have a wrestling fan story time that's about me, The Rock, and Twitter. And I have my last Black History Month highlight about The New Day. I'm going to talk about them collectively as a group and individually um, and talk about my argument as to why I feel like they are the greatest faction of all time. So um, sit back, relax, and enjoy the vibe and get this chill, positive, and passionate love here. This is The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Right, so um, in your news and gossipish, we're gonna start with talking about Bow Wow and the wild tweets that he put out um, this past week. So Chris Bay, who's an um, wrestler for Impact and a former X Division champion, tweeted at Bow Wow and said, "Bow Wow got three million followers with fourteen thousand views, but proceed." And Bow Wow decided to tweet at him and say, another broke A-word wrestler wanting attention. You can't even get booked for a dark match. And then he went on to tweet and say, bro, if you're not in the WWE, held a title belt or at least dated one diva, don't tweet me in all caps. And then he went on to tweet, yo, bro, I'm not talking to wrestlers no more. If A, they've never been a WWE champion, B, made a pay-per-view event or he probably meant to say main event, or C, had their own action figure. We're not in the same league. And Chris Bay responded by saying, correct, in all caps, I can get booked for a dark match, main events too. I'd say thanks for the clout, but you have none to give me. Good luck in your journey, Bow Wow. And it's funny because just a few months ago, Chris Bay fought in a match with Rich Swan for the Impact World Championship, making it one of the first times, you know, two black men were able to fight for a mainstream title like that since, I believe, 2001 or 2002, um, since Booker T and The Rock. So... Really, I feel like Bow Wow um, may have shown that maybe he might be tweeting at um, wrestlers for the sake of clout. Because, you know, over the past couple of weeks, he has been talking about how, you know, he was interested in wrestling in the WWE and tag teaming with Rey Mysterio and, you know, possibly fighting Bad Bunny and all of that. And it sort of fed into my argument that rap and wrestling could have an era the same way rock and wrestling could. But when you have somebody like Bow Wow tweeting reckless stuff like this and not seeking to learn about wrestling outside of WWE, it's a little bit of an issue. So, and I don't necessarily want to be the type of person that'll say oh you need to stay out because you're not a real fan but at the same time if you're gonna diss somebody the least you can do is know more about the sport more about the person that you're dissing and knowing that and knowing that just because they're not in the WWE does not make them irrelevant um stop it Chris Bay is one of the best wrestlers you know in the world and he should definitely give impact a chance and he shouldn't call him broke either you don't know what's in his bank account and then I had a problem with Bow Wow saying you know if you have if you haven't dated at least one diva don't tweet at me like if he was really a true full-on fan he would understand that the women haven't been called divas since 2016 literally 
2016. They're called superstars now. And it almost gives off the impression that he felt like the divas were just back there for the sake of the conquest of the male superstars. And that is not the case. And that's a very problematic way of thinking. And he needs to chill. So I feel like if Bow Wow really does need to want to learn about wrestling, he really needs to come correct and chill out and stop dissing people that he just doesn't, he himself does not know. Um, also in the news, we had the Big Show, um, formerly known as the Big Show, but his name is Paul White, signing a long-term deal with AEW. It was announced um, that he is going to have an extensive role within AEW, and on top of his return to the ring, he'll serve as a commentator on AEW Dark Elevation. So Elevation is going to air Mondays um, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on AEW's YouTube channel, and it will showcase AEW's established and rising stars, as well as the top independent wrestlers within the industry, um, competing against each other in the ring in pursuit of wins. So, um, Paul White is really excited about that. He stated to say, it's been amazing to watch what AEW has built in just a couple of years. AEW Dark is an incredible platform to hone the skills of up and coming wrestlers. But I also love that established AEW talent can build out their personalities and showcase themselves in new ways on Dark. It's no exaggeration when they say AEW is boundless. So um, this kind of shocked me a little bit because last time we saw the big show on WWE programming was on Legends Night and he got ran down by Randy Orton because Randy Orton was just going down a list of older legends that he was just gonna you know verbally abuse that night and he verbally abused him and the rumor is is that he didn't like it but um and then plus not to mention he had his sitcom um with the WWE called the Big Show Show on Netflix so this was kind of shocking to hear that he had signed with AEW but we do wish him the best um in his future endeavors and you know I'm hope he I'm hoping that this decision will give him some fun and something new to do you know in wrestling so kudos to him and now we're going to shift into sad some sad news um joseph hudson aka josephus and the question mark of um nwa fame passed away this week um the nwa actually released a statement um quoting as said that National Wrestling Alliance is devastated to learn of the passing of Joseph Hudson, better known to fans as Josephus, and the question mark. Joseph has been a pillar of the NWA for many years, whether it be as the enigmatic leader of the kingdom of Josephus or the beloved master of Mongrovian karate. Joseph will be remembered for his warm personality and imaginative spirit. We extend our deepest sympathies to Joseph's family, friends, and fans. And then Dark Side of the Ring, the show on, um, vice television that showcases different stories of wrestlers um that are that tend to be on the more negative or darker side released a statement as well stating the dark side family lost one of its foundational collaborators last night joseph hudson aka josephus who brought so much love care and respect to his portrayal of bruiser brody in our very first episode we send our deepest condolences to his family friends and nwa colleagues Back when the series was in early development, a hugely inspirational moment was discovering Josephus' work. His in-ring presence gave us the confidence that 
dramatic reenactments of this world could be achieved. When we finally met him in person, we also discovered that we were kindred spirits, sharing a mutual love for obscure cult movies, heavy metal, and vintage sci-fi paperbacks. Perhaps most importantly, Joseph rightfully and stiffly body slammed us both in a ring so we could better understand this wrestling journey we were about to embark on. You will be deeply missed. Dark Side wouldn't be the same without you. Rest easy. And this came from the creators of the Dark Side of the Ring series, Evan Husney and Jason Eisner. So we extend our sincere sympathies to his family and hope that they have all the peace and love and healing that they deserve at this time. And also, um, someone else passed away in wrestling as well. His name is DK Meadows, and he was a star in the U.S. Indies. He passed away on Monday, and um, his real name was Daquan Meadows, and he was a student that was trained in a combat zone wrestling dojo, and he made his debut in 2018, and no cause of death has been released. And Combat Zone Wrestling released a statement via Twitter saying CZW is heartbroken to have lost a member of the family. DK Meadows was a beloved friend to all of us with a tremendous work ethic and limitless potential. Our hearts go out to his family and loved ones. He will be truly missed. We will love, honor, and remember him forever. Um, he made his debut um, in CZW in August of 2018 as part of the CZW Dojo Wars, facing one of his trainers, DJ Hyde. And then he would soon pair with Jay Free in tag team action throughout the year. And in 2019, he would face other rising young stars like Jordan Oliver and Charlie Tiger. The following June, he captured the CZW Medal of Valor Championship. And then he made his CZW main roster debut that October. Um, competing in a scramble match with Casey Navarro, Big Game Leroy Green, and others. So we extend our condolences to a lot of his, to all of his friends and his family, and I hope they have peace of mind and healing during this time as well. So to shift gears a little bit more, also in the news, we have um, new WWE Performance Center recruits. So WWE announced its largest class of recruits Wednesday, and this group includes really like really major players like Eli Drake and Taya Valkyrie, who were former Impact Wrestling stars. Taya Valkyrie um, was the longest reigning Impact Knockouts champion, and she's also married to John Morrison. And Eli Drake now um, is on NXT as LA Knight. So we've seen him sort of make his television debut, but he hasn't made his in-ring debut as of yet. Um, also in that class, you had um, former UCF offensive lineman Parker Boudreaux, who actually follows me on Twitter because he actually does those random posts where he'll be like, who wants to follow? And I actually said, me, please. And he actually followed me, so that was cool. And a lot of people are calling him like the next Brock Lesnar or like he's the next big thing because Paul Heyman said so. But he stated on Twitter that he's not the next, you know, Brock Lesnar. He's the first Parker Boudreaux. So um, Bronson Rick Steiner, who's the son of tag team legend Rick Steiner, he was was signed as well and Zoe Stark Gigi Dolan Cora Jade you know they were all signed as well so it's just been a lot of cool people who got signed to the performance center and I'm looking and some of them have shown up on NXT but then others you know have yet to make their television debut but we say congratulations to all of them and we can't wait to see what they have to offer us also in the news we have um eight 
the channel A&E and WWE to produce all new biography editions in WWE's Most Wanted Treasure series. So in a press release, they stated AEW Network and WWE Studios are giving fans an exclusive look behind the curtain in an all new Sunday night programming partnership. Um, with unprecedented access to WWE's archive, the 10-week programming block features eight original two-hour documentaries under the award-winning Biography banner showcasing the stories behind some of the most memorable WWE superstars, including Stone Cold Steve Austin, Macho Man Randy Savage, Booker T, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, and Mick Foley. And this biography, um, these biography episodes are going to be helmed by some of the industry's top directors and storytellers to chronicle the success of these legends and their marking and their lasting mark on both sports entertainment and pop culture. And each special will air weekly at 8 p.m. Eastern beginning Sunday, April 18th. So following that at 10 p.m. Eastern, they're going to have a new series called WWE's Most Wanted Treasures, which is going to be led by Stephanie McMahon, the boss lady named twin, and Triple H, her husband, as they launch a hunt for some of WWE's most iconic missing memorabilia, including Kane's original mask, Ric Flair's butterfly robe, Andy Kaufman's neck brace, Andre the Giant's passport, and much more and in order to find these quintessential relics the team will join forces with legends including the undertaker rick flair mick foley booker t and more as they bring these items home to the wwe archives so it looks like there's a lot of new content coming to television um in terms of wwe and a um and a and e so i think that's going to be really cool for people who um who did seek you know who do want to seek to learn more about the wrestling business and more behind the scenes stuff about, you know, older wrestling that they used to watch, you know, back in the day. So I think that's going to be really cool. Um, and also in the news on SmackDown, Bianca Belair made her absolute, um, absolutely amazing choice in choosing Sasha Banks to fight for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania in April which means this will be the first time two black women will face each other for a mainstream major women's title at WrestleMania ever. Man, I was so happy to see that take place last night. And I really feel like if this moment was going to be quoted as anything, it should be quoted as you're going to live to see it happen because it's just a beautiful thing. I feel like there are so many women, so many black women who paved the way you know, for something like this to happen. And just knowing that it is about to happen just makes me feel really good inside. And for the first time in my wrestling fandom life, I'm going to be split down the middle. I don't know who I specifically want to win. It's the hardest decision of my life. I'm going to go with Bianca. I'm going to predict that Bianca Belair is going to win it all because she has the most on the line and the most to prove. Um, even though I love Sasha Banks and she is my GOAT for life, it's Bianca's time. There's too much momentum that she has. And I feel like if Sasha Banks loses, there isn't so much that she has to lose. Whereas if Bianca loses, there's a lot of momentum, you know, that she has lost. So I'm definitely going with Bianca Belair and I'm definitely here for this history making match. And that's the end of News and Gossipish. And now we're going to go to my wrestling fan story time featuring me, The Rock and Twitter. Right, so this is a wrestling fan story time. I know I haven't really told one in a while because this month was kind of different with Black History Month and everything. Ooh, 
excuse me, I just had some water. Something major happened to me this week. And I know if you follow me on any one of my social media um, platforms, you saw what it was. But I just wanted to talk about it on my platform because I just feel like it was a major moment for me as a fan. As you may or may not know, The Rock has this um, 30 minute comedy show called Young Rock on NBC that comes on on Tuesdays at seven o'clock if you live here in Alabama and eight o'clock if you're on Eastern Standard Time and all that. And it's a show that's sort of charting, you know, his um, childhood, his teen years and his young and his young adult years as well. And it's only been two episodes so far, but it's really good and pretty funny. Um, and the casting is almost incredibly above, I would say about maybe 95% spot on. Like it's really like spot on with all the people who they've cast in this show. Um, especially the person who they got to play The Rock's mom and dad, definitely. And the people who they got to play the Wild Samoans and everything. So it's a really cool show and it's really funny. And of course, the rock stars in it um, as himself as he's running for president in 2032. Now, he has sort of alluded to possibly doing that maybe in the future. Um, but he hasn't really announced that he's going to do it, you know, like say now, like within the next election cycle or whatever. But, you know, we have to wait and see because you just never know what the world we live in now. Um, but... That's pretty much what's been going on on the show. He's telling his story in these interviews and it's sort of come back in flashback form. So on this second episode, they showed um, more of him during his teenage years where he was trying to impress his girl called Karen, except they kept amongst his friends. He kept calling her a fine A word, Karen. Um, so he was trying to impress her by asking her out on a date um, because she and he was kind of nervous about it because she was sort of notorious for not um accepting dates that often because she was just like you know she was hard to impress so once he did ask her on a date he made her laugh and everything you know she accepted and all of that so um they got that together but also beneath that you have this sub story involving the rock's mother otta johnson and how she started this cleaning business to sort of help pay you know their bills because like i said in my previous episode it's not like the rock and his parents were living in a lap of luxury because his father was a soul man rocky johnson there was like a point where they were you know legitimately struggling for a while um so it was like soul man had to wrestle a couple matches here and there and then make a few appearances at different conventions and stuff and even take on a job in order to help pay their bills and so mama rock um as people affectionately call her you know started her own cleaning business and she was cleaning this house of this lady you know who was wealthier than her and she was sort of listening to her sort of complain about issues that in the grand scheme of life doesn't truly matter as much and she was sort of listening to her talk and go on and on for about maybe like 20 minutes at a time over trivial things that I guess only privileged people would you know complain about and mama rock literally interrupted her mid-sentence and said those aren't real problems and i'm sitting there just looking at the tv like whoa she really just said that to somebody she's working for and you know she was telling her you know um you know that these really aren't real issues but then she went on an episode to make it up to um the person that she was working for by making her some food and saying that she was apologized for speaking out of turn it's just at times have been really hard for my family and but the client you know understood where she was coming from you know and they became you know good friends you know beneath it all and found that they had more in common than they actually thought so that was a really precious part of the story but after she you know yelled at her and said you know those aren't real problems um, I was live tweeting 
with, you know, a lot of with a lot of people on Twitter, you know, who are watching the show and everything like live tweeting is a really cool part of, you know, watching something as it's happening, because you're not only able to give exposure, you know, to your platform, but you're also able to interact with other people who are fans of the same show that you like to watch. And I do it, you know, a whole lot. And I just started doing it with Young Rock. And I tweeted um, a compliment towards The Rock's mom and said, Mama Rock is everything. Hashtag Young Rock. And it has a muscle at the end of it. So I put my phone down for like maybe a few minutes. And then I pick my phone up after a while, you know, to probably start back retweeting and I get the shock of my life and I find out that Dwayne The Rock Johnson actually quoted my tweet and retweeted it by saying everything and she still is everything and she continues to be the real rock of our family hashtag young rock and I am just looking like what the heck and I'm screaming like a fool and my mom is like bro like what is it and I'm just like mom the rock just retweeted me and she's like what and so I took a screenshot of it and showed it to her and showed her where where the check meant that it was a verified account of his and then I showed it to my sister and her boyfriend because they were actually in the living room and I'm pretty sure you know I probably embarrassed her because I was losing my mind (laughs) you know and jumping all over the house because this was happening but at the same time I mean my sister knows what's up because she knows because she used to watch wrestling too but she she grew out of it she's 19 now but she still knows it's a big deal to me so she was just like wow like she really couldn't believe it and I'm just sitting here in shock over the entire thing like wow like The Rock really retweeted me and it's such a huge deal for me because The Rock is like my favorite um wrestler of all time like in terms of like well, he's not the GOAT to me, I was just saying, because I know Ric Flair is the GOAT, but it's just in my mind when it comes to like my favorite wrestler, you know, in terms of personality and promos and how many times he's made me laugh and entertained me, it's always been The Rock. Like, he's just my absolute favorite guy um, from my childhood. And I remember, you know, going to see most of his movies in the theaters. Um, and if not seeing it in theaters, at least purchasing some of them. Some of the rocks, some of my favorite rock movies are like, I love The Rundown. I love Gridiron Gang. Um, I love um, The Game Plan. And I love Tooth Fairy, even though a lot of people kind of crapped on Tooth Fairy. I don't care. I really liked it. Um, I tend to like a lot of The Rock's movies where he's being more of a heartfelt person. And being kind of a tough person, but not so much of a tough person that you forget that he has feelings. And of course, I love Scorpion King. Um, And those are really a lot of my favorite rock movies. And I did go see Hercules, but Hercules wasn't necessarily one of my favorite ones. Um, And I'm really excited to see him in Black Adam because I just want DC to just sort of this is this has nothing to do with wrestling but i just want dc and their movies to just sort of beef up and just become you know on marvel's level but i just want them to just become more organized um but outside of that like i just really love the rock you know i love how he's just sort of taken his personality and just gone straight to the moon with it you know he's one of the highest paid actors in all of hollywood i love all of his movies everything he's done with kevin hart you know like they're a match made in comic heaven just just anything that the rock does i just absolutely love and just support as long as it's for the good of you know entertainment and all for the good of you know the people and stuff like that like he's just he just seems like he's a really cool person if i ever met the rock i would probably pass out or (laughs) or probably just 
just burst into like a puddle of tears because I just love him so very much. Like, seriously. It was just, you know, and then he was the host of the WrestleMania that I went to in Atlanta in 27. Even though a lot of people hate WrestleMania 27, like, that's my favorite one. That's my baby because I went to it. And then it's just like, you know, watching him sort of screw John Cena, you know, who came out there with a choir and everything to face The Miz for the WWE Championship to start a whole year-long feud to lead up to the next WrestleMania was just a huge deal. And their once-in-a-lifetime match was a one I love it I actually just watched it like last week so it's just kind of like he like it's just I just love The Rock so very much and it's just you know he's just one of my favorite people and so to get retweeted by him you know me with a small podcast like I've been doing this wrestling podcast for like a year and some change now and just to and to know that there are people who are noticing the things that I do say just means the world to me because I just felt like just a year ago the name of my first episode was random girl random podcast because I didn't think I could start a podcast you know and people would actually listen to me because when you think of podcasts you think people I think of people who are like experts in their field or people who are like rich or people who are like famous, you know, who do you want to listen to anyway, because they already have a platform. I didn't think anybody would care to listen to someone like me who's just, you know, an ordinary person, an ordinary millennial just trying to figure life out. But people do. And then when I tweet and live tweet and people actually, you know, like what I say, you know, that means a lot, too. So the idea that someone who I've been watching since I was a child, um, and somewhat emulating since I was a child, um, retweeted something that I said about his mom, you know, not even just about him, but about his mother just meant the world to me because of course I love mothers. I love my mom. Um, and it's just, I just really like her, like his mom really resonates with me on the show. Um, because she just keeps it real. And just to know that he appreciated the compliment that I paid to his mother just meant a whole lot to me. And I thank everyone who, you know, liked the picture that I, you know, posted everywhere on all my Instagram and my Facebook and everything about it. You know, just thank you for being supportive of that and everything. Like, you know, it just makes stuff like that just makes me feel like the sky's the limit. Um for this podcasting thing and just for wrestling and for me and wrestling as a whole um wrestling is just one of my truest deepest loves and I just feel like there's so much more that can come from it and that was one great moment that I will cherish you know for the rest of my life as a content creator and just as a person who's just a really big fan of The Rock and his mom now too So that's the end of this wrestling fan story time. And now we're going to go to my very special Black History Month highlight of the new day. All right. So in this Black History Month highlight, it's going to be a little bit longer because I'm going to be talking about the group, the new day. And I'm going to be talking about them individually, of course, and collectively what they've done as a group. And I'm going to use this to feed my argument of saying that they are the greatest faction of all time. So we're going to start with the longest tenured WWE superstar in the group, which is Kofi Kingston. Of course, he was born as Kofi Nahaje Sakodi Mensah in the city of Kumasi in the Asante region of Ghana, West Africa, where I've actually had the privilege of going. 
Um, he moved to the United States with his parents at the age of two, and he began performing as a wrestler in high school. And after graduating from college, he got a normal job and realized that wrestling was his actual true love. And he really did not want to spend the rest of his life sitting in a cubicle. So he decided to pursue professional wrestling. So after making his debut in 2006 with Chaotic Wrestling, he signed with WWE that September. And he debuted on ECW in January of 2008 as a Jamaican babyface until 2009 when he dropped the accent in a, pro in a promo with Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and others. And of course, you might remember this because this is when um, Triple H called him out and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Aren't you Jamaican? And then Kofi Kingston had this really cute look on his face like, oh. I'm caught. <laughs> it was so funny because back then I thought he was really cute and I loved his clothes and everything. But my dad used to make fun of him and call him coffee. And I'm just like, no, it's Kofi dad. You know, you keep, you know, mispronouncing his name and all this other stuff. Um, and of course, later I will learn that, you know, Kofi is basically the name they give you if you're born on a certain day of the week in Ghana. That's a part of their culture. So, um, so basically that's his name and also just the fact that i just loved his bright colors and i love how he was just jumping up in the air and stuff but he had to drop a jamaican act and he was later on you know continuously built from ghana west africa um as he is to this day and from 2009 to 2013 he became a four-time intercontinental champion a three-time united states champion a five-time Raw Tag Team Champion with Evan Bourne, Matt Seidel, R-Truth, and Big, and of course Biggie and Xavier Woods with the New Day. A one-time tag team, a, a one-time World Tag Team Champion with CM Punk, and of course he's been a seven-time um, SmackDown Tag Team Champion with the New Day. And of course, as the most historic um, point of his career, he is a one-time WWE Champion. And he's the first African-born man to be a WWE champion during his beautiful and historic Kofi Mania run, which I've documented multiple times on this show and how much, you know, it made me feel incredibly emotional. So I won't go into it here, but just know this was an important moment to me. Um, also on the channel Up, Up, Down, Down, he's known as Mr. 24-7 and also Mr. Gotcho as in Gotcho A-Word. Seriously, that's his nickname. It's funny. Um, and after he won the WWE Championship, he went to his home country of Ghana, visited schools, and was honored by President Nana Akufo Addo. And he's a major sneakerhead. So it's been really cool to sort of see him, you know, with this rise, um, with his rise as a superstar, you know, considering he was always trying so incredibly hard to reach, you know, the very top of that ladder. But he wasn't necessarily considered, you know, one of those people who could reach the top of the ladder. He was always um, considered a good worker. But some of his best rivalries have been with people like Randy Orton and also Samoa Joe. And um, even though we don't tend to focus on how he lost the WWE Championship, we always know that the moment of Kofi May and him breaking that glass ceiling will always be important to us as black wrestling fans and also to future rest future black male wrestlers who feel like you know that there isn't a place for him they can look to Kofi for inspiration and see that there is a place for him so that's good so now I'm going to talk about Xavier Woods who is my birthday twin he was born on September 4th 1986 whoop um 
So while attending Furman University, Xavier began training in wrestling part-time with Ultimate Christian Wrestling. He became the final Deep South Wrestling Heavyweight Champion in 2007. And also in 2007, he started in TNA as Consequences Creed and fought in the X Division, which is kind of like their Cruiserweight Division, I guess you could say, maybe, but yeah. Um, two thousand in two thousand nine, he won the world tag team titles with Jay Lethal, um, with their team known as Lethal Consequences. And in two thousand ten, he participated in the New Japan Pro Wrestling Super J Tag Tournament with Kota Ibushi as his partner. He would also go on to win the East Coast Wrestling Association's 2010 Super Eight Tournament, defeating Brian Malonis, Eugene, and. NXT superstar Tommaso Ciampa. He debuted on NXT in 2012 as a 90s culture fanboy and put his fandom in different gears that he would wear, such as with Power Rangers and Dragon Ball Z. And in 2013, he made his main roster debut by teaming with R Truth um, again, um, who he used to t- team with in TNA. And he was accompanied by the Funkadactyls, which was no, which is basically Naomi and Cameron, aka Ariane Andrew. Now, in 2014, he became the voice of what would become the New Day, and the New Day um, seemed as if they would be like this serious group at first. And a lot of people, you know, were rumor were kind of rumbling about, and they thought that this group was going to be kind of like the 2.0 version of the Nation of Domination. But that wound up, of course, not happening. But when it seemed that they were going to be very serious, you know, with this group, he was sort of the mouthpiece for them. And it was just really interesting to see them, you know, dressed in suits and everything, kind of staring at everybody and yelling about how they were going to take back what they deserved and everything. And yeah, it was just a really weird and interesting time. So you can only imagine um, my surprise when the New Day popped up and they were going to be known, they were kind of, you know, repackaged as these positive black youth preachers with a choir singing in the back and everything. Now, I actually liked it, but a lot of people didn't and a lot of people booed them, which were, which made them, you know, turn heel um, during the during early in their New Day run. But they wound up having to make the new day gimmick you know their own and sort of put their own spin on things and you know the rest is history with that um now in 2015 but back to xavier 2015 he started the youtube channel up up down down where he invites wwe superstars gaming personalities and you know other celebrities to play video games and have interviews And for this channel, he won a Guinness World Record for most subscribed to celebrity video gaming channel with 2.25 million subscribers, including myself. Yes, I'm subscribed to them, even though I'm not really a gamer like that. It's still entertaining. In 2017, he also voiced the character Vincent Mensa in the PS4 video game 2064 Read Only Memories. And in 2019, he became a recurring cast member of Penny Arcade's Live Dungeons and Dragons campaign. And last year, the New Day, um, including himself, was added as playable DLC characters in Gears 5 with custom ring attire armor. And he was announced as one of the new hosts for the revival of the G4 channel. As if you may remember, like in the early 2000s, there was this channel called G4 that specialized in video game news, gossip and all of the above. Um, And since they're reviving that channel, he's going to be one of the hosts for it. And he really pushed for it on Twitter and everything with um, with the hashtag. And a lot of people caught on with it. And he went ahead and, and got and actually locked in that job. So 
Also, he um, holds two bachelor's degrees in psychology and philosophy and a master's degree in psychology, and he's a PhD candidate in educational psychology. So Xavier just really has a really long resume that, that includes wrestling and all kinds of video game stuff and hosting, hosting, you know, credits and all of the above. So it's really cool. I love Xavier so much. He's just really funny. And, you know, on top of his wrestling career, he's a three-time Raw Tag Team Champion and a seven-time SmackDown Tag Team Champion. But we don't know if he'll ever have, you know, his um, moment in the sun to have a solo run like Kofi and Biggie, you know, have had. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing it because he's actually the most underrated talent of the New Day. Um, so I would love to see him have a, have a singles run at some point, but we'll have to see what happens. And last but certainly not least, the powerhouse of positivity is Big E. He is the first black NXT champion. He's a two-time Intercontinental champion, including right now um, during his reign. He's a two-time Raw Tag Team champion and a six-time SmackDown Tag Team champion. Um, he was a high school wrestler and then he attended the University of Iowa where he played football as a defensive lineman for the Iowa Hawkeyes. And after, you know, encountering a couple of setbacks in terms of injury, after he graduated from college, um, he went to the world of powerlifting and he won first place in the U.S. in the USA Powerlifting U.S. Open uh, Championships in 2010 and 2011. And in 2012, he made his main roster debut by aligning with, aligning with AJ Lee um, and attacking John Cena. And he became the enforcer for AJ Lee's on-screen boyfriend at the time, Dolph Ziggler. Um, and he was a secret admirer to Caitlyn in order to get in her head, which ultimately led to AJ Lee winning the Divas Championship at that time. It's so funny because I remember that storyline and I wanted big e and caitlin to be a thing they were so cute like when he was pretending to like all the stuff that he liked and she she liked and then he gave her flowers and everything and he revealed himself to be the admirer i was just like oh my god be a thing but then they weren't a thing and he pushed her down and it was all a a, a whole ruse to get under um caitlin's skin it was so sad but he played his role to a t and it was really really good and I'm pretty sure that's a, that was a very underrated storyline at the time. Um, but it was still really good to me. And last year, he was given the blessing to go on a singles run after Kofi had sustained some injuries from a ladder match at um, Extreme Rules, the horror show, where they lost their SmackDown tag team titles to Nakamura and Cesaro, I believe. And so since then, he's been sort of separated from the New Day um, thanks to the draft. Um, um, Kofi and Xavier got drafted to Raw and Big E had to stay on SmackDown. So really, you know, the New Day, you know, persona is something that he still has and he still wields. But at the same time, he's sort of finding his own identity as a tough guy who's still very much, you know, positive and cool. Um, but he's beginning to be more serious um, when it comes to, you know, his opponents. So that's really interesting stuff there. And I can't wait to see what he has to do next, you know, as a singles competitor with New Day always being at the forefront of his heart. 
Um, he's also the voice of Cannon Wolf on the Adult Swim series Laser Wolf, and that one's actually pretty funny. And um, as of right now, he's launching a project called Our Heroes Rock with Jonathan Davenport, who is um, the New Day's ring gear creator, and Andreas Hale, who is a journalist as an, and an author who's been on their podcast multiple times before. Um, so this is so um, Our Heroes Rock is basically like a schoolhouse rock esque kind of show that um, highlights the achievements of African-Americans um, in the United States. And this is going to include lots of hip hop, you know, and R&B elements with it. And they've kicked off a Kickstarter fund, you know, for it. And as far as I know, they're on their way to their goal. And you can also get T-shirts and different prizes and stuff for how much you donate to their Kickstarter campaign. So he has links to it on his social media outlet. So if you go on um, at WWE Big, excuse me, Big E, you can find them. So if this is important to you, please, I would say definitely donate to that because I feel like um, our kids could stand to have, you know, a black history form of Schoolhouse Rock, you know, set to rap music. So that would be really cool. And um, he also has a WWE 24 documentary premiering tomorrow. So if you want to watch that, please check that out. So I don't necessarily have to spoil everything for you in this highlight, but I can't wait to see his story unfold um, on tomorrow with his WWE 24. So collectively, um, well, so as you can hear individually, the New Day has done a lot of great things. And I would also say to, I would also venture to say that they are the longest reigning tag champs for 483 days, which has yet to be, um, which is a record that has yet to be broken. Um, together, they embody a spirit of black brotherhood, friendship and support to show that you don't necessarily have to break up in a negative way for someone to gain success, that you can actually have a support system behind you and you don't have to stab each other in the back in order to do it. They hosted WrestleMania 33 in Orlando, dressed as Final Fantasy characters, and added to the moment in which the Hardy Boys made their surprise return. It was really cool. They also published a book called The Book of Booty, Shake It, Love It, Never Be It in 2016. And of course, they host their podcast called The New Day Feel the Power since 2019. And they also serve as supporters of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and of course, during the aftermath of the tragic killing of George Floyd by Minneapolis police officers, they utilize their platform and their ring gear to um, give awareness to people's lives who have been unjustly taken um, by violence by wearing armbands with the names of those people and also the names of people who passed away as civil rights icons and they even um had a t-shirt design from when they took a knee on smackdown that time during the pandemic era and had that and had the proceeds donated to the naacp fund so um they also have a bootio cereal <laughs> Um, which a lot, which you could find in a couple of stores. I'm not sure if they're still selling it, but I really feel bad that they never turned their whole New Day Pops thing into a thing either, because that would have been really cool ice cream. But you know, WWE had to come up with their other ice cream sandwich. Those sandwiches are good, but you know, I really would have liked it if the New Day had their own ice cream. That would have been cool, but they dropped the ball on that, but it's okay. Um, and the thing that I admire about the New Day the most is just the fact that they took these characters that were meant to be like old school preachers and transformed them into their own and made them, you know, fit their personalities, you know, times 10 
on television and just made something that culturally resonates with so many people and definitely African-Americans as well. They make so many cool references to stuff about the culture. Wale is one of their coolest friends and actually did a theme song for Big E that he has now. Um, that's actually on streaming platforms right now because I actually found it last night. Um, <laughs> and it's just watching them just sort of unapologetically be themselves and act crazy you know just reminds me so much of those homeboys that you would see that would be the life of the party or the class clowns in the classroom that made class fun you know even though it was kind of boring at times they would still make you laugh you know at the end of the day if if you were having a bad day and that's just what they embody to me and Big E, you know, by himself sort of embodies like a really serious, powerful speaker to me. Like, I love hearing him talk because he just sounds like a really great preacher. But, you know, he actually has some past experience in being a preacher, you know, when he was relatively young. So that's really cool. And the New Day just inspires me, you know, a whole lot. Because just seeing them be themselves has just allowed for a lot of black men you know to sort of you know be themselves and be open with just being nerds and into different things like anime and um being into things like video games and stuff like that and even into things like golden girls like it's really opened the doors for a lot of people to be comfortable in who they are so I really do appreciate the New Day for existing as long as they have and for doing everything that they've done for the culture. And I'll never forget, you know, their rap battle with the Usos. That was really cool, too. That was hosted by Wale as well. That was one of the coolest moments they've ever had as well. So it's just there are just so many great moments that they have had. And I know that they'll continue to have great moments as well. They continue to inspire me and they continue to inspire the culture. And I hope that they will continue to just give us more and i really feel like they are the greatest wrestling faction in wrestling history simply because of the fact that their reach goes far beyond wrestling it's not just with wrestling for them it's podcasting it's you know hosting game shows hosting um video game shows being on cartoons like it's just a whole lot that they do that just you know and even in black history and activism, there's just a whole lot that they do outside of wrestling that just reaches everywhere and not. And I haven't seen a faction have that much of a reach culturally in such a very long time, if ever. So I really feel like the New Day is the greatest wrestling faction of all time. And they deserve to be given their credit, you know, and their flowers, as um, my job or tears friends would say. So that's the end of this Black History Month segment. Um, I really enjoyed doing my Black History Month highlights. I'm not sure if I'm going to continue doing them or maybe, you know, do Women's Women's History Month ones next month. I'm not exactly sure. But I've really enjoyed, you know, doing these shows um, and centering them into Black icons who I look up to. And, you know, maybe next, maybe next um, month. I'll format it a little bit differently for Women's History Month, or maybe I'll just stick to the regular um, format. But for now, I thank you guys for listening to my Black History Month stuff. And now we're going to go to the conclusion. Right, so thank you for listening to this episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Per usual, if you want to follow me or you know, follow any content that I have, 
Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Hardy Wrestling Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardy Wrestle Pod and follow my Facebook page um, at Hardy Wrestling Podcast. And you can listen to the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you get your podcast. Um, next week is going to be a pretty cool episode. Um, so I can't wait to surprise you with what I have, you know, coming for that episode. And I just thank you guys for listening and so for supporting my show. And I also want to thank the Jobber Tears um, family for coming on my show, you know, for these past few weeks for Black History Month. It's been an absolute honor having you guys come on. And if you want to listen to them, please check them out everywhere you can listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, everywhere you find them. And please follow them on all their social media handles at the Jobber Tears Podcast and at Jobber Tears on Twitter. Um, so with that in mind, I thank you so much for supporting the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, your favorite chill, positive, and passionate wrestling podcast. And until next time, this is your girl, Stephanie Hardy. Bye, y'all.